This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. What's up, Truth Seekers, and welcome to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and record and and fuck our lines up while we're trying to do the X-Files. Episode where we watch and review every episode of the X-Files. Because Zardos commands it. Praise to Zardos. The penis is evil. The penis is evil. The X-Files good. Or does he dispense guns? He dispenses guns. He dispenses guns and then tells people to not fuck. Because, because sex is bad, guns are more, good. Because it makes more savage. It makes more brutal. I am gonna get you. A, I am gonna get you a fucking. You have a copy of it? Oh my god! Then why I haven't are you... watched it yet because I really need. To, I feel like I need to be in a special mood instead of like giggling or just like. Am I supposed to like feel feel insightful? You need or to just get completely some, assaulted. You need to get some edibles before. I you feel jump in like, like there is a like... really good level of high that you need to watch it. Like I regret not being a little out for Zardos because I would have probably found it less boring. But on this episode, we're uh, not going to talk about Zardos. We're not going to talk about Zardos. We're going to talk about oh. uh, Tony Shaloub being afraid of his own shadow because his shadow is killing people. <laughs> Which is really fun because that's one of the things Adrian Monk is afraid of is his own shadow. Really? Oh, that's incredible. Yes. Uh, oh my God. Have you never seen an episode of Monk? On purpose. I think they did because actually Tony Shalhoub really loved being in this episode. Keep in mind before this, he was doing like eight seasons of wings, which if you've watched at least two seasons of wings, you already want to, you know, um, end your life. Uh, so I can't imagine what it's like to work on that show for eight seasons. So this was a nice change. You know, what we're also going to see Todd. Who are we also going to see? We're going to see the first time some guy named Vince Gilligan writes an episode of something oh right this is and uh, then makes me really pissed off that my mother wouldn't let me go to governor's school where today we're going to be reviewing soft light which is the 23rd episode of the second season we are coming towards the finish line on this one folks it originally aired in march 31st 1995 I am Todd, uh, the master of ceremonies here. Joining me is my usual cabinet of conspiracy theorists and whack jobs. I've got my wife, the wonderful, the the uh, the, the the author, Shannon Huff. Because he's now not facing me during recordings, I am going to just flip him off the entire time with my bad hand. All right, and <laughs> my gimped hand. Joining us as well is our in-house artist, the the the, the one who sketches the um uh, who will be drawing me flipping you off with she, my bad hand, right? She sketches the UFO sightings. Have you ever gotten a commission for that? Like, I want you to just, I want you to 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 draw this thing I saw in the sky yesterday. Not for an alien. I had someone try to describe a ghost they saw. All like, right. Oh, you got it. I'm like, of course I did. I drew the most like every dude ever. <laughs> I need her to draw the. A a I will give you money to draw my abduction experience, but I'm just gonna make shit up as I go. So, so that is a porn commission. Pretty much, yes. That sounds like a Patreon reward right there. <laughs> that is a Patreon. Marissa will draw a picture of your alien abduction experience. Yeah, well, that's Marissa. She draws. <laughs> oh, and she also, and she's also a co-host. <laughs> and uh, rounding out our panel today is the uh true paragon of virtue the um uh, ayatollah of rock and roller valentine 
Valentine. Yeah, also, also the um, uh, the the Lord Mayor of the medicinal. The face that runs the place. Yeah, I don't know. the books too. I don't know what my issue is right now because I'm I'm kind of really up, but maybe because we're talking about an episode I don't hate so much. We are talking about. Soft I hate light, it. But before I, I fucking hate light, it. But yeah. Before we get into soft light, I do have to let you guys know that uh, you you can come all over our Patreon. Right. You can go to Patreon.com/slash FBI Basement and. Even a donation of $1 a month will get you access to our Discord and several wonderful audio goodies. And, and I got to hear some of these earlier today, and they're they're a lot of fun. Marissa, do you have something I feel to say like about the, the, I the feel Patreon like the, goodies? I feel like the Mario Kart one now... I feel like the Mario Kart one now is now extra tinted because of Stormy Daniels. God damn it. <laughs> I don't, not my fucking oh my god. There. No, she has done more to damage... Uh, Mario Kart now than your thing ever will. I don't even think Todd knows what I'm talking about, right? Yes, good. I know that Toad was trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I know that Toad was trending on Twitter because he's a very popular Mario character, and that is why he was trending on Twitter. Do not, do not look up why this is why, why. Why that that Toad was trending on Twitter? Just instead, let's all just enjoy the sexy hand. Wonderful uh, popularity. His great popularity and the sexy handmaiden's tail costumes for Halloween and Tony Shalhoub. There, I brought it back. The episode opens in a hotel, the George Mason Hotel in Richmond, Virginia. Doesn't it look like the one that Crowley tried to burn down and fire? It does, doesn't it? Isn't that amazing, everybody? It's it's almost like they uh they were running out of a budget by the time they filmed this episode. So they were like, maybe we should use some exteriors and sets we've used. Is is this the same one from, um, I don't know. We didn't see that yet. Did we see Clyde Bruckman's? We haven't seen Clyde Bruckman's yet. No, that's oh next season. God. No. Okay. So once we get through the <laughs> myth arc end of season two, the start of season three, we have DPO, which is, I think, controlled by Scientology, maybe? And then we get to Clyde Bruckman's final repose. We're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) But let's back up and we see a very sad looking man running into the hotel we've been to. And strangely down the hallways that look like it's Mulder's apartment. Yeah, they're in this hotel. He's in this hotel. And and guys, let's just stop right now. Uh, Yes, this has no budget. This is literally the episode (laughs) they ran out of money on. I'm not kidding. They literally told Vince Gilligan he can't do things because they had no money. Well, here's what we have. The sort of fat old guy uh, chilling in his hotel room after, I guess, a day full of meetings. And he's, you know, waiting around for it, the it's not escort so, service to show up. It's not so much a hotel room as it is the room at the nursing home we put my grandmother in. But he's got the, yeah, but he's sitting there. He's waiting on his escort. The, the escort. The his high end call girl. Thank you very much. He is client eight because client number nine was Elliot Spitzer. Like really, this guy's on a business trip. He's away from his wife and kids, so he, he's gonna he's gonna get an escort, right? Yeah. Do you think he has the concierge desk, like under the slide? Like, hey, um, I don't know. It is. Wait, they're in Richmond, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, there are no high-end call girls there. You'd actually have to get it from D.C. You can get the $50 hookers out in the fan because it's 1994. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Oh, yeah, but they do out. But the the (laughs) high-end ones would do out calls, so. Well, that's true. And if you're paying someone $2,000 or more to come down, I would drive on the Beltway just to fuck if you're going to give me $2,000. Also, please give me $2,000. 
All right. Uh, Did you hear me out there, guys? He's enjoying his scotch, and all of a sudden, Tony Shalhoub is across the hall, just (laughs) banging on a door. (laughs) And uh, he's like, oh, come on. You got to open the door, man. You got to talk with me. And uh, the guy inside the door is like, Dave's not here, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, like, that is like the biggest hotel I have ever seen in my life. Like, okay, so you and I, Todd, have spent quite a lot of time in the last three years in hotels. Mm-hmm. When the hell has there ever been a hallway that big in a hotel? Well, he is banging on this. Okay, door so we, again, I'm go- asking you a question you'll not answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You've learned how to answer X Files question. I, uh, <laughs> we haven't even gotten through to the. To the- I know, and it's like yeah. we're. I am going to run this podcast down to the ground. And it turns out that um. Uh, Tony Shalhoub is playing a gentleman named of Chester Ray Benton, Dr. Chester Ray Benton. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else just feel like the name Chester Ray Benton is like someone picked up their sunglasses? Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Like it's going to be Chester Ray Benton. The, he is knocking on the door trying to get a hold of this guy and and finally it just sort of kind of annoys the old fella to the point where he sets his scotch down and goes to look through the peephole and finally giving up on uh on, on the guy he's trying to wake up even being there tony shaloops takes a step back and his shadow inexplicably goes under the door i'm not quite sure that light really works like this but but just, it goes under the door and suddenly the old guy is sucked down into the shadow with some purple lighting effects, leaving nothing but a scorch mark on the floor. So is anyone else apart from me just really sick of this show abusing perfectly good glasses of scotch? I was actually waiting for the guy to fall like uh, from the ceiling to the floor. Like someone had shut the portal on the ceiling too. Yeah, it's like just this gonna is gonna go through yeah. an infinite loop. See, you were gonna go portal. I was thinking, is this how Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite got her start? Kinda. Well, she's down. He's down on the. It's like he sinks down, and Tony kind of hears or sees the flash, I guess, of the guy being pulled into his shadow, and uh, realizes, oh boy, he done fucked up, and he reaches up to slightly unscrew one of the light bulbs a little late but should have done that first maybe maybe should have done that before we got here but okay but he nopes his way out of there (laughs) just in time for the theme music i'm sorry the only thing i have in my head right now is wild boys by duran duran could someone please get it out (laughs) no one else is singing today (laughs) no no, we've ruined it. Mulder and Scully arrive on the scene uh, at the behest of a detective who was a former student of Scully at the Academy. And Katie Twa, who played female. She was in Genderbender. Uh, Katie Twa was in Genderbender. Yeah, she. Yes, dog. Yes, dog. She was in Genderbender. Yes, she was. It's nice that a dog barked that wasn't ours. That dog didn't fucking agree with you at all. I, I have proof. She was. Uh, God, I don't remember the character's name. The guy who was flipping gender. So okay. them they. So right. them they, yeah. The, the old guy who um, uh, missed his escort visit that evening was uh, 
a gentleman named Patrick Newarth, and he was a an executive with Big Tobacco. <laughs> they are basically then presented with your standard locked room murder mystery. No way to get out of that room. Uh, no sign of any kind of struggle. No um, uh, six stories up and no fire escape. So how did this happen? Mulder immediately looks at the scorch marks on the floor and goes directly to the spontaneous human combustion. Can thing. we just be okay that he didn't lick the scorch mark? <laughs> he was about to put his mouth on it. And then, okay, uh, there's a nice little touch here because while they're looking at the uh, Scully looks at the uh, heating vent. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and sort of a reference to tombs, right? <laughs> yeah, because apparently that was Vince uh, Gilligan's favorite episode from the first season. Mm. Yeah. He thought it was great. Yeah. Spontaneous human combustion, ever since I was little when I heard that, scared the living shit out of me. I was like, you mean any moment I can just burst into flames for no reason? No. And my dad was like, yeah. And yeah. I was like, that's... <laughs> you, uh, fuck me out there. Fun fact, though, is that I completely forgot about that, and I was going to work, and uh, Aaron Mankey's Cabinet of Curiosities talked about it this week. So, that's a great podcast, and you should also like ours. Go on! It turns out is that go on? Uh, yeah, New Earth works for Morley Tobacco, the brand that um, uh, our cigarette-smoking uh, arch-nemesis enjoys. And everyone else in this universe. Although there's also a really fun Simpsons reference later here as well. He had been discovered missing at 6 a.m. when he didn't answer his wake-up call. Uh, okay, is it a wake-up call or was it, you know, Chantel from the very high-end call girls who was just like, I don't know where he is, <laughs> but I want my money. The scorch marks on the floor was found to contain mostly carbon with the potassium and traces of minerals. So basically human. And uh, Mulder realizes that the that the scorch mark is standing right about where New Earth would have been if he was looking out the peephole. Like, am I right? There's like I, I maybe I'm I'm misremembering it, even if we just watched it like two hours ago. But is that like where he's standing in the scorch mark and destroying the scene and being ridiculously awkward? Mulder also uh, notices the light bulb out across the hallway, and he taps it and says. You should probably get this, uh, get this fingerprinted, or let him lick it. Either one, really. I mean, everything ends up in Mulder's mouth. Everything, even his own dick. And it took him a while to accomplish that one. That one is impressive. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> the teacup. Anyway. Um, oh God, the teacup. The teacup. Wait, I'm gonna find it. No, that yes, Tear God, join our Patreon and see the teacup picture. Ah. <laughs> I saw it recently. Oh my God, I didn't. Mean it. Anyway, I forgot all about this. The <laughs> teacup picture. The legendary teacup picture. Oh my God, this is what passed <laughs> for pornography before the internet, boys and. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Allow I, us to derail the podcast again. There you go. <laughs> oh, there's another one. It's another angle. <laughs> it seems like it would be warm. This is going, man. This is a rabbit hole. Okay. Oh, my God. Go ahead and continue, Todd. 
<laughs> there's Marissa a spiky. Me. Uh, I'm dead now. There's a spiky bit of dialogue here too. Uh, oh where... no, no, the dialogue is really good. This is, I mean, for the first, when I mean literally the very first teleplay that very first writing job Vince Gilligan does. This is an excellent thing. <laughs> Woman, what is wrong with you? Keep, keep posting them. <laughs> The Photoshop in this is really good. So I have an amusing anecdote about this, uh, those pictures specifically in high school, because one only one of my friends with a obsession with the X-Files had Internet access that wasn't shite because I live in the mountains that are horrible. She actually printed those off, hid them in a notebook, and we would pass them around because we thought we were looking at scandalous <laughs> pornography. <laughs> and now, and I'm looking at these now, and I'm like, wow, this is so much more tame than my actual pornography habits. It's ridiculous. Anyway. I uh, used to think it was pretty dirty, too. And I'm like, it, it took a couple of years. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Mulder, of course, brings up the... Yeah, Mulder of course brings up spontaneous human combustion on the way out of the uh, out of the hotel, and Scully stops and asks him. Let's just assume for a second that that's possible. There's no. I, I like this little bit of dialogue. It's, it's like, like let's just assume for a second that there uh, there this is possible, that, but there's no scientific evidence. Okay. <laughs> Mulder just gets in the elevator, and Scully takes a brief moment to swallow her rage before following him in. <laughs> Scully is just like the most angry mother in the world. Like she's like, okay. I like how she came up with that uh, sentence, but she's still a Catholic. Yeah. Apparently there had been a couple of other, um, uh, is this also where we, is it also in this scene where it's like Scully has this sort of weird knowing smirk? Like, yeah, I told her about all your filthy, dirty habits, Mulder. Wink. All oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. There's some really you. cute dialogue there. It doesn't pass the Bechtel test in any way, shape, or form, but it's right. kind of kind of adorable. I want to believe that it's just like, yeah, my partner is kind of a weirdo, and he's really into porn, and it's like some of the weirdest porn, but he lets me play with bodies, so we kind of have a really good romantic relationship. Also, uh, somehow he may be the father of my child someday. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to work. Okay, so uh, they head to the house of Margaret Wazinski. Wazinski? Margaret Wazinski? Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, wait a second. We just got past that uh, the, the FBI agent they talked to. I don't know if it was a fellow FBI no, she agent. Was a, she was another, a police detective. Uh, yeah. All right, a police detective. Do you recognize her? Yeah, I just mentioned that. She was Katie Twa. She was, what, Brother Martin? She was in Gender Men. Yeah, right? yeah, she was the female version of Martin. Yeah. Oh, my God. I must have missed that. Oh, and also we're going to have Kevin McNulty in this episode who's going to show up two more times in the X-Files and reprising a previous role that he does. Apparently there had apparently uh, Margaret with Snecky lives apparently in the same neighborhood that like Shia LaBeef does in the first like um, Terminator Terminator movie. Fuck. No, Transformers. Does that not look like the Wiki house from like the first Transformers film? Anyway, she disappeared and left a scorch behind, scorch mark behind too. She also worked for. Is she the one who worked for Laramie Cigarettes, which is a cute reference to The Simpsons? Uh, no, I think she was a. Uh, I thought she was a colleague of. I don't know. Of, uh, I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. I just couldn't keep up with the the death toll from. 
yeah, there's a there's a brief thing about the tobacco industry, but that doesn't actually, uh, but that doesn't really factor much into it. It's more or less. A yeah, it's sort of like a nice little mention of, oh yeah, this is how shitty Richmond kind of is. <laughs> they go through her house, and once again, they found they find an unscrewed light bulb uh, in their in her coach lamp, and um, Mulder uses like a fancy laser pointer to. Uh, to show oh, right. on it. Because he makes the comment of this is the advancement in like police work for 99 at your local hardware store. And I can remember thinking, fuck man, I was paying like $12 for those laser pointers back in the 90s. Anyone else? And now you can get them like for 90 cents and use them to fuck with cats. Please don't actually fuck cats. Please don't. Yeah, the hole's too tiny. And they have yeah. like little hooks. Looking through the home, Mulder does find does goes dumpster diving and finds a luggage tag in the basement, which uh, indicates a train a, a train ticket. <laughs> Someone took a train, and so there that leads them to the train station <laughs> where they decide to um. Uh, Hey, Valentine, I want you to talk about the videos that they are watching at the train station. Right. Mulder's yeah. idea is they definitely <laughs> got like a three day period where he knew this, whoever. It's like, I don't see him here. Causing the combustions. Apparently, the spontaneous combustions weren't so spontaneous, he's guessing. And it's uh, murder. What? <laughs> That's where I typed. That's where I wrote down enhance, enhance, enhance. They did this again and again. I yelled that, like, I yelled that at Todd while we were watching this. First, I think your issue with trying to find uh, Tony Shaloub in a very white version of Richmond, which is weird, is that maybe you shouldn't be looking at the train footage from Sleepless and the Bronx station that doesn't exist. They eventually run across Tony Shaloub sitting for hours on a bench at the terminal. And a place where you can still smoke indoors. And they uh, zoom in. <laughs> Enhance. Oh, man. Can you actually do that with, with security footage? Yeah, and it, and it gets... And it, it lo- <laughs> you start with an Xbox uh, One, and then a, you zoom in, and you get an Xbox 360. You zoom in, you get an Xbox. You zoom in again, and you get Atari. That's what it looks like. And that's all that happens. Wait, I'm I, I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here, because because uh, didn't they melt some cops too? Doctor Banton is at the is at the is at the station, looking like he has not slept in you know weeks. But that's generally what Chaloub looks. Yeah, like. it's kind of it's not so much. It's like not so much that he's just really wrecked from you know the guilt of his own shadow being, I guess, a sociopath. I don't know. Um. um but I think that's really what Tony Shaloub looks like on a regular basis. His brother invented the Shapoopy. Anyway. Mulder has, Mulder has already um, uh, notified the um, uh, the detective that there may be something going on at the train station. So a couple of cops go down to check it out. That's where they find him and they corner him in an alley. And despite his warnings, stay away from me. I don't want to hurt you. How is he not shot? I know, despite their warnings, we just want to talk to you as they point their guns at him. Yeah, how is he... Like, this should have been the shortest episode ever because he sh- they, they should all be dead. I mean, everyone should be dead at this point. I step into his shadow and each of the cops uh, drops into the... Um, uh, drops into a scorch mark on the, on the pavement. Tony just, once again, just nopes right out of there. He doesn't <sighs> seem very happy about this. No. 
No. I think my comment to you is run, Tony Shalhoub. There are three Emmys on the other side of this episode. Um, you know, make this episode a lot better is if every time a shadow ate somebody, it ended up getting like fatter. <laughs> so, yeah, like a shadow cast, it looked like a really, like wasn't he's really like obese. Plot, wasn't this a plot point in Peter Pan, like the original Peter Pan? So, are you saying that the original Peter Pan is that his shadow was actually a child murdering serial killer? I think in the first draft. Okay. And the earliest in the, draft. In the, in the, not in the compromised. Not in the compromised, draft. sanitized version that. I want to call it Frank Barry. F.M. Barry wrote. Uh, I am really concerned that I may be getting him confused with the Wizard of Oz. No, L. Frank Baum wrote. The okay, so it is Barry. Okay. Yeah, it's Frank. Yeah, it's it's F.M. Barry that wrote. Yeah. Anyway, that's when they go. Uh, Mulder and Scully go to look through the tapes of the um uh, of the the security footage of the train station. This probably takes forever. Until Mulder catches. Well, Shalhoub like I said, if bench. you were looking at the actual. CCTV footage from what I'm guessing is a bank that they have used three or four times for other episodes. Yeah, so this would not be this would not be something easily done where you just you're able to watch several days in like really fast fast forward because they're most likely using actual tapes. Also, it's the same it's the same footage from Sleepless. And once again they can like you could probably just see Tony Todd watch. They can once again zoom in and enhance to a point where Mulder can pick out the um, uh, polarity magnetics logo on the guys. Think this? You couldn't fucking do this. That can was... we do this now? No, you and, can't. Even... I actually had yeah. somebody at my job come up to me and ask if we could do that. I was like, "You make more no. than me. I shouldn't have to explain this to you." <laughs> oh, they're, 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 this is the solution of like you know, but yeah, zoom in, reframe, enhance. <laughs> I would love to see that scene where it's like, come on, zoom in and hit. No, it's not fucking witchcraft, bro. It'd be tolerable if they just said magically enhance, magically enhance. And it because ha- that's how they're doing it. It's magic. Like this is literally some Harry Potter shit is what you're saying. Oh, Harry Potter could pull that shit off. Oh, yeah. If oh, he knew what a video camera was anyway. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And of course, by the way, the detective is now up in hot water because this has now become a cop killing case. Not yet. Not okay. Yet, no. Because that's like my favorite scene in this episode. Hashtag not really. Hashtag schloop. Hashtag uh, Team Jacob. A visit to Polarity Magnetics. Oh, this is my second favorite scene, right? Yeah. Uh, Chester Benton's business partner, Christopher Davy Davy is there. Who and is Davey played says, by Kevin McNulty, who was the guy who was the creeper, I think, in Squeeze. Like he's the guy, it, like he's the guy who tried to date Scully and Squeeze, and complained about Mulder. Maybe. That's yeah, funny. no, he is. I'm telling you. Okay. We're gonna see him again, too. He's gonna play the same character. Well, he's sitting around. Um, uh, apparently, uh, Banton's been missing for five weeks. He assumes that um, uh, he died because it was shortly after he was involved in a terrible laboratory accident. The and same accident that created Doctor Manhattan and the Watchmen. It's actually, see, it's actually very similar. You know, the guy gets locked into a test chamber of a hadron collider, basically, or particle collider. Okay, so we should stop the podcast again so I can derail it. Uh, the shit that they are about to talk about in this scene, we all now know is going to be completely bunk because we know more about, you know, dark matter and particles and Higgs boson and um, 
hedron colliders and etc 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 and it's not going to be in the fucking closet where um roland killed himself and all the other and you know what it it's the same shit you've seen before in other episodes but they're going to be talking about ridiculous uh theoretical physics which this is what 96 yeah 95 95 so i was close is, so hey, 90, the hulk got away with it i mean we know that well, pulsing someone with gamma radiation isn't going to turn them into the hulk but I really like every time that someone tells me they're doing gamma radiation treatment for a tumor, <laughs> I want them to turn into the Hulk. You wouldn't so like course, me when I'm angry. So of course this guy had gone. That's the truth. The, I'm so always like straight into the mm -hmm. um, uh, test chamber right before something was to go. Ended up getting locked in there. And this is literally like this is literally how Doctor Manhattan was created in the Watchmen, if I recall. Right. This um, is like uh, literally like word for word his origin story. <sighs> And apparently got a good old blast of um, uh, whatever subatomic craziness that was going on there. Uh, he was blasted with antimatter, so I guess it didn't matter. But it seemed to just pass right through him. Well, because it was antimatter, it didn't matter. And left the um, uh, and left uh, his shadow on the wall behind him. And apparently, when it happened, he seemed almost, almost uh, completely cool with it like he was chill he was just ready to let the science come into him okay so it is hypothetical i mean we are closer to understanding it uh with dark matter uh and it's also apparently very well reviewed uh it has like i think if i'm looking at this a pretty high rotting tomatoes rating yep uh 72 percent approval rating it has some mixed reviews for this episode no i mean dark matter the the TV show apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go, everybody. Gotcha. Okay. Wasn't a fan. Only watched a couple episodes. No. Meh. Meh. I'll just rewatch Battlestar Galactica. I I got confused for a moment because I thought it was Dark Mirror, but I just whatever. Mulder is sitting in the uh, train state, sitting in the train station bench, wh while Scully is wondering what the hell they're doing. I like the hooker that walks past them, who's like, "Oh hey, never mind." Like maybe that was the call girl that like was, did you uh, like I'm not kidding like we all saw the, the extra there who walked past him right the blonde extra with the leggings and the skirt thing and the really hideous sweater it literally looked like she was about to proposition him and she's like oh hey oh sorry your mom's here gotta go that's literally how it looks like the funny thing was that was real and then she actually did go see him after the shoot and uh, he hooked up with her because he's a sex addict. Yeah, probably ein sex monster. Yes. Uh, Mulder uh, is uh, looking at the it, Mulder is noticing as he's looking down, trying to figure out basically getting in. He's basically getting into profiler mode, trying to figure out exactly what um, uh, he's doing, because while Shalub is sitting there, he's looking down on the, at the floor and Mulder realizes the reason is that there are no shadows in the room because lighting is fused it's soft light eh? ah, oh also, my god that's the name of the episode right i like how minnesotan you got there for a moment there valentine good job buddy <laughs> also yeah i one uh i've not been in a lot of train stations i've never been in one with soft lighting i mean i've been in a ton of waiting rooms that have soft lighting because you do it it's it, it's a mood thing it keeps you know, and especially if you're going to see a, a therapist, uh, it keeps you kind of chill. And except me, who will literally look for her shadow because of this episode. God right. damn it, X-Files. 
Shalhoub enters the station to have his sit down, but then, but when to Mulder smoke and like four him, packs of cigarettes and contemplate his horrible existence, and then he's like, "Oh, gotta go." Uh, he makes a bolt for the train cars, uh, and Mulder and Scully give chase. He will not run this fast again until thirteen ghosts. Mulder, uh, he's. <laughs> By the way, did you know that uh, Tony Shalhoub's brother invented the shapoopy? I just said that like five minutes ago, you asshole. I said that before, and then my <laughs> mind just went like to shit trying to figure out what the hell a shapoopy is. It's a pooper scooper for dogs, so you don't have to bend it's over. You, yeah, you can actually like it's a weird like <laughs> it's a claw thing to like, and it has its own special bags and everything. It's the most ridiculous thing, and it's absolutely difficult. But I if you're like. <laughs> yeah, but if you're like 90 years old or have a bad back and you live in Boca Raton and you have one of those, like, you have a small army of those little yip dogs, like Maltese or something, you might need it. Uh, the people I who have like to, five shippies. I feel like the people who walk behind <laughs> Her Majesty's army of corgis, which one, the Queen of England has an army of corgis. Let's all enjoy this for a moment that are not housebroken. So there is someone wandering around Buckingham Palace right now picking up dog shit. I feel like they have those. You do you guys know those instruments that have like a it looks like a note and it has a little face? Yes. And you squeeze it? Yes. So it's just like that but it eats shit. Right, pretty much. <laughs> but no, it's like anyway. Sorry. So Tony Shalhoub is running and will not run as fast like this again until Shannon Elizabeth is nearly raped by uh, Matt Lillard and 13 <laughs> Ghosts, which, by the way, not a bad movie, not great either. But uh, they corner him, and he's once again saying, No, stay back. I'm a dangerous man. And uh, Mulder realizes exactly what he is afraid of when he looks down at the shadow. And so Mulder, without really much warning, just blows out the light bulbs in the area. And, and then everyone gets tinnitus. Um, much, to Shalhoub, much to Tony Shalhoub's uh, confusion and horror. No, he's actually quite thankful about it. When they bring into the, uh, and they, uh, he then is moved to a psychiatrics hospital. Oh my god! Maybe the same one that they kept the the eaves in. I'm not sure. Uh, it's way bigger. Like it's a really nice. Like I, I've and never. They just happen to have a room full of soft lighting. You would just keep straight. Like yeah. So he's in there. He's got his cigarette, like smoke to the, his knuckle, but he hasn't ashed yet. Apparently, uh, he has basically made himself into a black hole, or what he theorizes a black, or what we theorize a black hole might be. When someone touches his shadow, uh, basically they get disassembled on the uh, on the molecular level. Yeah, here's the interesting thing about his uh, shadow. It's they explain it as it splits the atoms. All right, now it does this to everything except for concrete and linoleum. <laughs> yeah, right. you, I it believe someone also uh, pointed that out. Yeah. Think, why is it only doing the people? That's the question I have. Why is it only, uh, why is he only accidentally killing people? Everything is made of matter. Everything so it always pissed me off about ghosts. So if you think about a ghost having to like be visible on your astral plane, if it were to actually be standing in one spot, it would have to be traveling, you know, billion or thousands of miles an hour to be traveling in the uh going around the sun and then the same as where the sun's going so like the spirit would have to be flying in many different directions at the same time just to appear as if it is standing on the floor which it could easily float fall through that always pissed me off whenever i see this 
Okay, so you see ghosts. And you know what? I don't have an answer that doesn't sound completely ridiculous on either question. Um, I will say also that I think that uh, Tony Shalhoub delivers some of the most ridiculous sounding dialogue here in this speech. Probably the best I've seen on this side of Viola Davis. Yeah, he says it completely straight. He says it completely straight faced. It's sort of like literally like Viola Davis saying, why do you have a picture of your penis on a dead girl's phone? And she says that so seriously that I have to explain why my penis is on a dead girl's phone. And I don't have a penis on a dead girl's phone. I have a penis somewhere in a box. I don't know where you put it now. All right. Um, Another week where I mentioned sex toys. Thanks, <laughs> everybody in the basement. Thank you. And yes, by the way, I am correct. Adrian Monk is, in fact, afraid of his own shadow. Well, uh, he explains that the previous deaths had been accidents, uh, but he's mostly worried about the idea of the government getting a hold of him now and weaponizing his killer shadow, which, oh boy, could you imagine a shadow that you can kill people with? Oh boy, let's just wrap that up and get that. And, and... How do we sell it to the Iranians? Oh. And anyway, uh, so Mulder. I wonder if he's got to be alive for the shadow to work, because if that's not the case, they could flay him and stretch his skin out to make a really big shadow. And then they could just like fly it from behind a plane like, and didn't kill they it in large, in large yeah. swaths. Like, didn't they discuss this? Like, they have no idea what would happen if he dies. Yeah. Oh. So he's basically trying to control to, to control this thing to understand it. Detective Ryan, however, uh, interrupts. Stop this right now. Having been pr uh, pressured by his boss, that uh, this is done. This uh, case is un is now solved. Go away now. He's going to be taken away, and he was a little bit pissed off that the FBI was there. Right. This is the mansplaining episode. Where he's sort of uh, yeah, like this is literally where Mulder and this detective yell mansplaining things at each other, while Scully and and oh right, no, no, this has one of my favorite like Scully moments here, where like Scully throws shade at Detective Ryan, like bitch, I went out on a limb for you, and then like then it gets into mansplainingness. All right, well, at any rate, Mulder isn't quite done with this. He ha schedules a secret meeting with x who is as salty as we have ever seen salty af oh, um, God, i want that <laughs> he initially he tells Mulder that he cannot interfere with the case stating that he has nothing to gain from but that night uh, x shows up to uh, x shows up in the middle of a blackout to the hospital to do his transfer though she the, the charge nurse seems to think that was supposed to happen in the morning and uh interestingly enough the transfer seems to involve handcuffs zip ties and a, a, duct, a, a tape? duct tape <laughs> <laughs> and this is the, the most <laughs> oh wow so suddenly I, I, i've said it before and i will say it again and i will continue to say it especially as we march on to the end the syndicate has the worst fucking people working for it. <laughs> well, they have two less people working. For it. Lights come back on and two of the guys trying to restrain Shalhoub sink right into his shadow. And uh, Shalhoub, once again, just nopes out of there. Just just completely. Like, this is just what he's going to be doing from this point. Forward. It's just like, nope. And uh, Does he run for most of this episode. Yeah, like I said, he is not going to run again this much until 13 Ghosts. 
Like, I don't even think he did that much in like eight seasons of Monk or five seasons of Monk or something. Uh, X stays away from Benton's shadow and allows him to. Benton, the agents investigate the scene later, and Mulder suggests that the government suggests that there is government involvement because, you know, who could trigger a blackout without um, uh, disturbing the neighboring facility? Basically, exactly. anyone who lives in the greater Richmond area in the mid 90s. It wasn't that hard. Mulder assumes that they're heading towards uh, Polarity Magnetics, and which is uh, where he is. Da- he meets Davy, and Benton instructs him not to turn the lights on, and leads him to the particle accelerator, pleading with him to destroy the dark matter. And he's like, "Sure, no, bro, not gonna." In comes Detective Ryan to come after her and to come after him, and she steps into the shadow. He says he's sorry Fool. too. Like that's the thing that gets me about that scene. He's like, "I'm so sorry." He actually really intends to, he actually does, that, that's actually an intentional killing by him at this point. So he's really passing a point of no return here. So getting Davy to lock him into the uh, test chamber again, and he tells Davy to, to activate him. But it turns out that Davy is fully intending to sell him to the government. I too would have sold Tony Shalhoub to the government. Not, not this character per se, but like Tony Shalhoub. He's on the phone with someone telling him, hey, I've got the guys here. I got the guy here. He is knocked out from the back of the head. He is not knocked out from the back of the head, dear. He's shot, right? He is shot in the back of the head. He is shot in the back of the head. And um, uh, that's what that sound is, in case you were wondering. He's shot in the back of the head. And then uh, X looks through the peephole at the guy. And they exchange a knowing look. When Mulder and Scully arrive, and they see who they assume to be Tony Shalhoub disappearing in the test chamber, completely deatomizing. A slumped over body disappearing in the test chamber. Dun, dun, dun. Mulder calls X, calls X again and X and accuses him of lying. And that would be correct. He did lie to Mulder. Uh, but as we learn, everyone lies to Mulder, including Mulder. He's very much like uh, Guy Pierce and Memento at this point. <laughs> He says that he's absolutely done with um, uh, dealing with X at this point. Though X does tell him that he didn't kill Benton. A funeral is held for Kelly Ryan, um, uh, which Scully has to deal with the fact that she basically got her former student killed. Did she? Well, and Mulder notes the disappearance of Christopher Davy. And he thinks that, and he believes that Davy was the one in the particle accelerator. Where we did, then we th- we then see um, uh, X walking down the hall gingerly, like he's like, on top of the world. Like he is, like really just the happiest man I have ever seen. Like and, uh, I, I think I did. Did we? Did, did I start singing at that point? Having a great day. Having a great day. I, was it that, or was it? And I'm on top of the world, looking down on creation. Yeah, he's really a happy man at this point. Where um, uh, a scientist is doing some probably pretty unethical tests on Tony on poor Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Fade to credits. Okay. Um, what did we think of this one? Uh, it is. It's a good episode. Ish. Maybe. Um, when I first saw the whole concept of disappearing like that. It freaked me the fuck out. But yeah, I, I, thought I, was, he- I thought it looked really cool, too, when those <laughs> cops fucking fell into it. Just like, whoop. I just want to know where they went. Do you think they ended up like in that like pocket dimension that Homer ends up in that treehouse of horror? I think they're dead. I think they're dead. That's well, like you don't know what happens atoms. when you fall into a black hole. 
I mean, we know what happens before you get into the hole of the black hole. You're spaghettified. But did that happen at the surface of, of those portals? Didn't look like it. Looked like they actually passed through the event horizon. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, this is some pretty far out science that we're dealing with here. Um, uh, and our understanding has grown by leaps and bounds since, you know, we now have the we now have the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. We've seen Higgs boson. We have um, uh, this stuff has moved away from the theoretical and more into the practical. Well, I mean, it, it, dark matter is still very theoretical. It's still highly theoretical, but we are closer now than we were in 95 when this episode was made. And yeah, no, I, I think as a first writing job, like as your sort of first thing, this is not a bad not a bad thing and vince gilgan is gonna write some great episodes there was some spiky dialogue i liked the dialogue uh, especially it, between Mulder and scully and as far as i can recall i not granted i've not watched a lot of breaking bad uh sorry uh, i did get into better call Saul so mm-hmm. for a while and then i started working again it's very it's very good and i did like the snappiness and and good dialogue as well between Mulder and and sort of X kind of intimates that that was Mulder is walking away. Of course, that uh, this is a dangerous time to go it alone. Uh, because we are about to get into some really fucked up deep states shit. That's right, folks. <laughs> uh, Marissa, do you have any thoughts on this one? I liked it. I've always been a big fan of Tony Shalhoub. Probably starting here. Probably. I, I assume this is where I saw him first because it's one of those instances where I watched the episode again and I went, "Oh shit, that's Tony Shalhoub," because <laughs> I had seen him in something else. You um, probably saw him in 13 Ghosts, but Men in Black, Men in Black, Men in Black yeah. Uh, he was but in Wings. Black, actually. This yeah, is- this is before Men in Black. He was also in, like, like I said, he was doing Wings for years. He's just been all over the place. And then on the other side of this, he'll, of course, you know, be Monk, which is, of course, your parents' favorite show. I don't care who your parents are. Everybody, everybody's parents watched Monk. I like this one. I didn't not hate it. Is that I'm trying to unwrap untangle that. I did not not hate it. Like it, it I I actually kind of like this one. It's one of my favorites from this season. So um and has been for a while. All right. And uh so before we give our final scores on this one, I am going to go through and disseminate the information that is needed to our basement dwellers. Uh, first off, the FBI basement is part of the medicinal mess. And Valentine's going to tell you all about Head on over to medicinalmass.com <laughs> and you have all of our shows for free to listen to and you can get links to all the great things that we do. And yeah. I hate you. You're not supposed to mention those. They're not done. Well, you're working on yeah, them. Yeah, I am totally working on them right now. Where can they find your books? Uh, well, um, 
I will think you can get them, of course, at schuffrights.com, or you can use the Amazon link that will be provided on the show notes and on our website. Or I will be, of course, down at Farmer McGinley's uh, produce stand every Ot Thursday for the next 12 weeks as we sell summer squash, pumpkins, and, of course, old-timey writing picture books. Also, I have a children's book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Marissa Leterio, also known as the Oddite Del- Wait, what? <laughs> Marissa Leterio, also known she as will the She will be Oddite joining Del- me. Tell her about the art, Marissa. Come on. I, I I will make art for you. Also, very competitive pricing on her commissions. Should we also mention uh, we will be at a couple of conventions in October? Oh, right. Yeah. We are going to Conapalooza. We are going to Conapalooza. And that is Bristol, actually, Tennessee. That is, yep. Thanks. Uh, we're also going to be, at, or I will be at Imaginarium the weekend before. That is October 5th, 6th, and 7th in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Todd will also be there, but he'll be holding my purse and talking with the other uh, writers' wives. And then we'll also be at Conapalooza uh, in Bristol-ish, Kingsport, on the 12th, 13th, and 14th um, of October. We will be the ones who are not Power Rangers or uh, in cosplay drag doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Come by and see us. There will also be some 24-hour gaming uh, run by our good friends, Rebecca McGrady Art Ninja. Yeah. Not yet. Not dead and yet not games. Yet, yet games. They'll be doing some Malifaux. Okay, fun, fun. Now, uh, for the scores, I am going to give Soft Light 5 out of 5 unscrewed light bulbs. I'm going to give it three and a half impersonations of Sid Barrett and... Uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Marissa. I'm going to give it a full head of Tony Shalhoub's hair because he's, I love his hair. It's yeah, we did not speak <laughs> enough about how crazy his hair looks in this episode. And Valentine? I give this one four out of five uh, death kites made out of human skin stretched across the uh, oh. framework. Death Kite would also be an awesome name of a band, too. Death Kite for Cutie. Death Kite for Cutie. (laughs) Tune in next week when? Uh, Tune in next week when we um, get a little problematic about cannibalism and rural town life. That's going to be our town. Well, this is a very, very, very fun. That's it, folks. We're fresh out of the show today. And uh, we thank you for listening to us on the Medicinal Mass Network. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, look at all the crazy extras we've got to you. Until next week, uh, this has been Todd oh, for Valentine, Shannon, and Marissa. We'd like to let you thank you, tell you good night. And the truth is out there. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Farts. <laughs> to clear up, though, Harry Potter did know what a video camera was, which was what made him unique. Oh, that's right. He's Hogwarts. a muggle. That's and right. He was raised in the muggle world. He, that's he had right. To try and explain to Ron and right. whatever how to use a telephone. Right, because Hermione and 
Yeah, Hermione and Harry did know what those were. Yeah, he used to talk about the PlayStation that uh, his cousin Dudley had. And... Yeah, I... Oh, my God. That's right. I, I am becoming, I'm becoming less of a fan of Harry Potter, but that's, that's just me. My gimped hand.